0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Give me a call, 208-991-4783. And uh, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thank you so much for all of your support uh, during the recent listener support campaign and always. Well, now it's time for
2: today's episode of Let George Do It, A Matter of Honor.
3: Personal notice, danger is my stock and trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details.
4: Company of California invites you to Let George Do It. Before we begin tonight's adventure of George Valentine, here's an important safety reminder. Driving in wet, rainy weather can be dangerous if your windshield wipers aren't doing their job right. So don't wait until the rains. Play safe now. Car Savers will inspect your windshield wiper blades and arms and make replacements if necessary. Drive in now and ask Car Savers for a windshield wiper checkup at any standard station or independent Chevron gas station where they say and mean we take better care of your car. And now, tonight's story, A Matter of Honor, another adventure of George Valentine.
3: Mr. Medford, please calm down. I can't even make out what you're trying to say.
5: I'm trying to say that I need help right away.
3: Please. Well, that much I got, but listen on the extension, when you, proceed? Yes, George.
5: My head, it, it's so painful. Somebody hit me from behind and my room, it's it practically torn apart.
3: Well, it's a matter for the police, I'd say.
5: No, no, it isn't only that. There's more to it than robbery. There's something mysterious going on. Sinister. Such as? Something awful is going to happen. And on the last day, too.
3: The last day of what? The annual of the
5: Magician's Club at the Beach Plaza. The
3: Magician's Club? Oh, look, Mr. Medford, I'm sure this looks very momentous to you, but... At
5: the banquet tonight, we're going to present a new illusion, Mr. Valentine. And at the last moment, Princess Elsa, who invented it, has asked us to change its name.
3: Well, women have been known to change their minds about more important things.
5: Change it from the usual way these things are known. The Elsa illusion to the deadly avenger. Thanks for getting here so quickly, Mr. Valentine. I'm afraid
3: I'm a sucker for mystery and magicians. This is Mrs. Medford. Hello. Oh, hello. Uh, this is Miss Brooks, my assistant. Hi. Ah, I see your room really was going
5: over with a right goodwill.
6: Well, I keep telling Robert, it must have been just a hotel parlor.
5: Eileen, please. Mr. Valentine, I'm chairman of the entertainment committee. Third year state, it's great honor. I'm one of the few amateur magicians in the club.
6: If you folks will excuse me, I've heard this before. But, Eileen. Arlene... See you later, everybody.
5: You
3: have a very lovely wife, Mr. Medford.
5: Yes, I'm a very lucky man in everything. I'm in the wholesale grocery business, you know. Quite successful, but magic is my real love. And this affair tonight must come off without a hitch.
3: Or you'll never be asked to be chairman of the entertainment committee again. That's right. (laughs) Well, tell me, uh,
5: just what happened here in this room? Well, about an hour ago, I guess it was, I came up here. You see, it's a two-room suite. Most of us have two-room suites. Uh, That's one of the reasons we chose the beach plaza. Yes, yes, go on. Yes, well, I saw what happened to all the things here uh, on the desk in the closet, but before I could do anything... Someone sneaked up behind me. He must have been in the bedroom and hit me hard. See? Mm.
0: Done by somebody who obviously loved his work.
3: But really, Mr. Medford, just because the name of a new magic illusion has changed and this could be the work of a petty thief... But nothing seems...
5: was stolen. Not a thing of value. I do have some pretty valuable things around, and they weren't touched. Oh, I- excuse me. Hello? Yes, yes, of course, is Medford. Now, Geach, I ask you to behave yourself... A... You, you what? Oh, no, no! You, you stay where you are. I, I'll be right there. That was Charlie Geach, another member of the club. He's just found his room torn apart too.
7: No, no, nothing of value has been taken. That's not what they were looking for. <laughs> no, sir. Have you any
3: idea of what they were looking for, Mr. Geach?
7: That's not going to help them. <laughs> no, sir. You'll see tonight. You'll see. Now, Charlie, please,
5: don't make things any more difficult for us than they are. And I ask you to go easy at the
7: bar. I always go easy, but I also get it's steady, too. Oh, boy, I've got things to forget. I'm still a pretty good magician. Nothing in my hands. Right, my dear young lady? Uh, right. Oh. With my sincere admiration for your loveliness, a bouquet of roses. Oh,
6: well, thank you.
7: <laughs> That's very good, Mr. Geach. But to come back again to the mysterious they you're talking about. Talking? Uh-huh. Talk too much. I won't talk anymore. Mr.
6: Geach? Hmm? I looked for you and... Oh. Oh what has happened here?
7: Come in, Princess. We we have company. Charming company. This is Princess Elsa. Mr. Valentine, Miss Brooks, uh, very good friends of mine. Hello. Well, everything ready for the big moment tonight, Princess? The Deadly Avenger.
6: Yes, and I'm very nervous too. But this room, all the things on the floor.
7: I am just a very untidy person, Princess, and a very tired one.
6: You will take care of yourself, won't you, Mr. Geech?
7: Yes, yes, I will.
6: I think perhaps we must better leave. I want you to come and help me, Mr. Geech.
7: Well, it will be my pleasure and an honor. Excuse us, everybody.
6: Goodbye. Hmm.
5: A whole hotel full of magicians, and she picks one who can hardly stand up straight. Why is he dabbling of honor, and why does she insist on changing that confounded name for the night, the Deadly Avenger? I tell you, Valentine, it's that...
8: Redford! Mr. Medford, where are
5: you? Oh, no. Mr. Plimmer. That's Langford Plimmer, our president.
0: Langford Plimmer. Sounds like something out of Dickens. Uh, we're in here, Mr. Plimmer. Mr.
8: Medford, what is going on in this hotel? Well, Mr. Plimmer, I just like... walked into my room, and you'll never guess what I saw.
3: The room was the room turned room was upside, was upside down, and nothing was taken.
0: Why, George, darling, you're wonderful. <laughs>
3: Well, Brooksy, we're rid of Medford for a while, anyway.
0: He was beginning to give me the jitters with his fluttering around.
3: Oh, let me see that list. Sweet 618, Dennis the Amazing.
0: Joe the Great. Mo the Incomparable. Oh, so many modest people. Just
3: in the great tradition, Angel.
0: Anyway, that seemed to be as far as the mysterious prowler went. All the other rooms were undisturbed.
3: The rum pot of the convention, the chairman of the entertainment committee, and the president of this whole mystic crew... Now, why were those particular rooms gone over with a fine-tooth comb? Room
0: 624, around the corner. That's the one Princess Elsa has. Shall I check there?
3: Yeah, fine. I'll take Dennis the Amazing, and then we'll be through.
0: Check. I'll see you.
3: Okay. Yes? Uh, Mr. Dennis? Yes, I'm Dennis. My name is George Valentine. I'm gathering some material for an article on the Magician's Club... And uh, I was wondering if I couldn't go inside with you and we might be able to discuss... Some Stick questions. out or i your head in. Look, friend, all I wanted to do I was told just... you to beat it, didn't I? I oh, see so you're looking for a game of ping-pong, eh, Jungle Jim? That's right! Okay, That's right. I serve first! I'll kill you! What do I have to do to make you sit down? Well, now I know. Well, what was all that fireworks about? Just let me move you away from the door, Buster. Oh, no one here. Not a thing touched. I'd swear he was trying to tip off someone in here. Uh-huh, so that's it. A cigarette, and still burning. A cigarette with lipstick on it.
0: So our friend Dennis the Bachelor had a visitor.
3: Yeah, and I have some sore knuckles to prove it. What about Princess Elsa? Not
0: in... But uh, her door wasn't locked. I took the liberty of peeking.
7: Why, Brooksy?
0: The room apparently wasn't touched. George, I don't want you to think I'm one of those girls who doesn't catch on quick. But I don't catch on at all.
3: You and me both. I guess we'll just have to be a couple of curious guests at the banquet tonight. Green turkey, and peas, and chocolate parfait.
7: <laughs> I guess even magicians
0: can't do anything to change a banquet you.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. Here, here, the president. I thank you, fellow magicians. I want to welcome you to the final session of this highly successful convention, Hi. and I want to welcome you in the name of our honored profession. Which is as old as man itself. And in the names of those immortal masters who during their lives have mystified and beguiled millions upon millions of people all over the world. (laughs) Comus and Torini, Roberto Dan and Alexander Herrmann, Harry Keller, the great (laughs) Thurston. Now, this is a proud moment. Have
7: the right moment for me to address the question.
5: No, Mr. Geach, no. On, on a please. matter of honor.
7: We're all interested in
5: honor. Geach, not now, Mr. Geech. Charlie, just sit down like a good fellow. Aren't we interested in honor? As a good fellow, Geach, you just sit you right down. No,
8: now, uh, Now, we can go right on, everybody. Now, <laughs> as I was saying... This is a proud moment, ladies and gentlemen, because one of our members, a charming and talented young lady, is going to introduce a new illusion. And an illusion, my friends, is the proudest achievement of our craft. A triumph of perseverance and genius. Thurston sawing a girl in half. Keller's The Vanishing Whore, Timmer's Fantasia. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, and my own Fantasia, which has been the cornerstone of my career during the last eight years. Well, anyway, here is Princess Elsa.
6: this room will be darkened to allow me to make the final preparations. I shall then endeavor to make vanish from a platform ten feet in the air, a giant statue more than eight feet tall. Wow. A statue which represents the conscience that is within all of us.
2: Well. The conscience
6: that I have decided will give title to my illusion.
2: The Deadly Avenger. Well, that
6: sounds like a good night. So, I'll
2: put
8: the lights. Lights, please.
6: Thank you. Yes. And if I may have your complete silence. Music, please.
0: The
3: Deadly Avenger.
0: The princess must be all right to try and stump the experts.
3: The Deadly Avenger. Matter of
0: honor. Darling, please stop mumbling. Oh, George! Oh, my God. George! This is George. Turn on the lights! Geach! Charlie!
5: Geach! He slumped from his chair right at my feet! Please, right please, feet. everybody, don't crowd oh, around! Oh, I, 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 I thought
8: he just had But
6: then.
8: Roger! George! Oh.
0: I'm beginning
3: to feel so slightly feminine. Yeah, Booksy. Whoever decided he had had to shut up Charlie Geach with that letter opener took, took no chances. No chances at all. Charlie is dead.
4: Just a moment, we'll return to tonight's adventure, of George Valentine. Did you know that the gasoline in your car performs differently depending on the temperature, the humidity, and the altitude? Did you also know that you can buy a gasoline that is designed for winter driving? One of Chevron Supremes' all eight high-performance qualities is Area Blending which means that Chevron Supreme is specially blended for every climate and area. The Chevron Supreme you buy in Los Angeles, for instance, is defined differently from that which you buy in the Salt Lake area or San Francisco Bay region. Or Chevron Supreme gasoline is always ripe for the kind of driving you do where you do it. And that's just one of the all eight necessary high-performance qualities in every gallon. In addition, you get mileage, power, anti-knock, vapor lock prevention, starting, warm-up, and acceleration. So for top all-round driving pleasure, wherever you drive in the West, just remember to fill her up with the gasoline that gives you all eight Chevron Supreme gasoline at standard stations or independent Chevron gas stations where they say and mean... We take better care of your car. A convention of famous magicians and a thrilling climax to top it off. Yes, you're invited to the promised debut a new illusion to be called the Deadly Avenger. But then, in the darkness, a woman screams in horror. And Charlie Geach, a little man who kept mumbling about a manner of honor, is found dead, murdered. If your name is George Valentine, you call Lieutenant Johnson of Homicide, but you go to work even before he arrives.
3: Tell me something, Medford. Yeah. What do you know about Geech's background? He seems to be a kind of big
5: question mark as far as everyone's concerned. Well, he dropped out of the club for many years. As I remember, when the war broke out, he was working in Europe someplace. Uh, Wasn't that it, Plimmer, around the same time you were? Oh, yes, I believe so. Yes, well, he came back only recently, a completely changed man. I'm afraid he's been drinking pretty heavily all through the last few days, so I don't suppose anyone has been able to find out too much about him.
0: Princess Elsa seems to have been pretty friendly with him. She's out there now, just sitting and staring into space with the deadest, most frightened look in her eyes. George, is there anything we can do now?
3: No. Just keep adding a matter of honor, plus how did the killer work in split seconds in complete darkness? And see if it equals the deadly avenger. (laughs)
2: Turn I envy you. I'm the color of a sham.
3: Okay, Johnson, hurry up. Let's have the punchline. All I ever get to do is walk in on
2: murders, cut people down from chandeliers, hang around the morgue. Dow, routine stuff. Oh, Johnson, you know you love every minute of it. No one ever asked me to come down and see a whole slew of magicians
3: do all sorts of things. Including homicide. Now, Johnson, will you stop being cute and tell me what kind of tattoo the doc found on Keith's yeah, arm? That
2: makes about as little sense as anything in this cockeyed case. Eighty one dice, forty two dice, W.
0: that's all?
2: Yeah, that's all, Miss Brooks. Uh-huh. Now, about these rooms being broken into. I must Sergeant, see you. Sergeant! Told you I didn't want to be disturbed. I Oh, it's sure you, Medford. Be with you in a minute. I must see you, Lieutenant. In a minute. As I was saying, Valentine, those ramsacked rooms...
5: But that's why I'm here. I know what was stolen. You know? You know. Yes. Well, why didn't you say what so? What are you
3: talking about, Medford?
5: Well, Valentine, it's what you said before. How could the killer work so quickly in the dark in a, in a matter of seconds? Well? He could if he knew the seating plan. Memorize in advance where Geach would be sitting. You mean someone stole such a seating plan? From you? Not the original. But I remembered I left the carbon up in my room, and that's where I was now, and it's missing. Must have been missing ever since this afternoon.
3: Oh, now you tell us about a seating plan.
5: (laughs) They never occurred. Oh, this is
2: a great help. Now we know that someone in this whole mob of magician, sold the seating plans. But who?
6: My name is Elsa. Princess Elsa. I was born in Austria, but I am an American citizen.
2: You said that before.
6: I don't know who killed Mr. Geach. I never met him until a few days ago. That's all I know.
2: But after That's all, all you...
6: I know. Please, please believe me. Mr. Medford isn't here, Mr. Valentine?
3: I know. That's why I came up.
6: Really? Uh, well... I hope you'll pardon the negligee, I, I wasn't expecting company.
3: Oh, it's nothing at all. I mean, practically. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> you made uh, quite an impression on me, Mrs. Medford.
6: Arlene.
3: Arlene. Oh, your cigarette.
0: Oh, the ashtray's right there.
3: Oh, here we are. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Same cigarette, same lipstick.
6: What are you doing?
3: Comparing it with a cigarette I found in Dennis's room. Give it back to me, you... Ah, uh-huh. oh. but I'll make you a little promise... I'll keep this a secret just between us as long as I can. George. Yeah, Brooksie, any luck?
0: I, I think real luck.
3: Where's this Dennis?
0: He should be up in his room by now. I think he'll just about make it.
3: You didn't have to encourage him to to drink up the whole bar?
0: He kept telling me how beautiful I was and punctuating it with old fashions. But he kept talking about a matter of honor, too. Yeah? What did he say? That Charlie Geach, which was his oldest friend, and wasn't going to fail him. Uh That Charlie Geach gave him all the proof he needs. And he has it right on him. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, he would, would attend to it himself. You
3: don't know what it is. You didn't get a look at it, huh?
0: He, he said he would discuss the matter with me if I went in for a nightcap. uh uh-huh. I thought it would be better if we joined him for a nightcap. Don't you do it, darling?
3: <laughs> tennis... Business is dead.
0: Another letter opener, just, just like before.
3: With all his pockets it's turned inside out like that, that, there's no use looking for any proof you might have had. Oh, well, let's get out of here, Brooksy. There's somebody else else I want to have see this. We hated it to do this, Elsa, but you left us no choice. We had to show you what we're up against. Yes, Princess.
6: I was afraid to say anything, Lieutenant Johnson. I, I saw Mr. Geach killed and I was afraid.
2: When did you meet this Mr. Geach?
6: Only a few days ago. That's the truth. He told me that he was a good friend of my father. Studied with him in Europe.
3: Was your father also a magician, Elsa?
6: One of the finest. He called himself Professor Heinrich. He died in a Nazi concentration camp almost ten years ago.
3: Uh-huh.
6: When Mr. Gage saw me, he kept asking me all sorts of questions about my work, my lack of fame and fortune. He seemed puzzled and angry. He talked to Dennis, who was his only friend at a convention here, and then he asked me to change the name of my illusion to the deadly Avenger. Mr. Gage was the one who asked you to do that? Yes, but I knew he was a friend. I felt it. He wanted to do something for me. And he was murdered. And now Dennis wanted to help me, and and he's dead, too.
3: Elsa, your father was mostly a teacher, a magician's magician. Yes. An inventor of illusions, huh? Yes. All right. Let's talk some more about your father. I hate to bother you at this time of the night, Mr. Plimmer, but I have to clear up a point.
8: Oh, it's quite all right. Excuse my shaving. I always do it at night, you know. Habit of years. Then you get a good early start in the morning.
3: Yeah, yeah that's right. The convention is over, isn't it? Yes. And all magicians go back to their jobs of mystifying and beguiling people. Isn't that the way you put it? <laughs>
8: oh, uh, I'm afraid I am a little pompous when it comes to magic, young man.
3: <sighs> Nothing wrong with being enthusiastic about your work, Oh, here, you're Mm -hmm. you're getting your fancy bathrobe wet.
8: Oh, Oh, (laughs) clumsy.
3: Mr. Plummer, Hmm? what do you know about a magician named Professor Heinrich?
8: Oh, he's a fine man, a fine magician. Uh, Austrian, I believe.
3: Not a showman, I understand, as much as an inventor. Almost a genius.
8: Yes, oh, yes, he is. He was. Hmm?
3: He died in a German concentration camp years ago.
8: Professor Heinrich? Dead? Are you sure, Valentine? Of course, I, I I lost track of him, but I never thought...
3: He, he was, was, was famous for creating those things you call illusions, wasn't he?
8: Well, and many people guess. in the magic
3: business studied with him before the war,
8: including you. Well, uh, yes, yes, but a long, long time ago, long before the war... Mr.
3: Plummer, I, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to tell me the truth, no matter whom it hurts. Stealing an illusion from another magician would certainly be considered a breach of honor, wouldn't it?
8: Uh, stealing... I've uh, done some
3: checking around, Mr. Plummer... You've never invented anything before Plummer's Fantasia, or since, have you?
8: Well, no.
3: Professor Heinrich worked with many young men. He loved to encourage them. Now, one of those young men stole his greatest illusion, and after the professor died, he kept it for himself, instead of giving it to the professor's daughter, Elsa.
8: Now, please, Mr. Valentine, you don't understand. That's the matter of honor that Charlie Geach was talking
3: about. That he was going to expose before he was killed. I didn't steal the illusion. That would be kind of difficult to prove with Professor Heinrich
8: but dead. But I, I, I bought it from the real thief. From whom?
3: Remember, there have been two murders. Oh, but you
8: can't understand why I did it. With it, Valentine, I, I could have power, fame. When I got it, I, I felt like a kid with a chemistry set who suddenly found out he discovered the atom bomb.
3: Who sold you Professor Heinrich's illusion?
8: Yes. Medford. Robert Medford. And I don't know how he got hold of it. I think in his youth, he was in Europe, too. But you see, he had to kill Geach. And then he was glad to kill Dennis, because he found out that Mrs.... Nice try,
3: Plymouth. nice try, but it won't work. You're the thief and the murderer.
8: What?
3: I had to play on your fear to get a confession that you didn't invent Plymouth's fantasia. But it never could be Medford. He'd rather sell his right arm than miss a chance of being a magician. Even being chairman of the entertainment committee is a big deal for yeah, him. Man, you're wrong. You're wrong. Besides, Medford already had the seating plan so he wouldn't have to search for one. But you needed it and couldn't just ask for it. But, but proof. You had no proof. Your room was ransacked. Why? There's only one possible reason. You had to try and cover up your tracks. Oh, no, you no. thought no. Keech would keep whatever evidence he had in his room. But he'd already given it to Dennis, so you had to kill Dennis too. You'll never even connect me with Professor Heinrich. I was wondering why you're getting your fancy satin robe all wet. You, a methodical, careful little man. Why don't you take it off while you're shaving?
8: Well, uh, stay away from me. Yes. Uh,
3: because you were studying with Professor Heinrich and Pete's just before the war. And you ended up in the same concentration camp, see? A142W
8: never live to tell that to anybody else. No, wait a minute. she put that razor I down.
3: my way right through you. You never
4: could shave like this, do you?
3: You never got anything
8: like this. Before.
3: And I'll take this
8: before you hurt yourself.
3: No use lying in the bathtub without water. Okay, Plymouth, keep cool while I polish off the rough edges of this matter of honor.
4: a year ago, on this same program, we announced new RPM motor oil, the oil for which we promised doubles engine life, the time between major overhauls due to lubrication. Now, users confirm that fact. One cab company, operating in the tough grind all cabs go through, found new RPM added 100% to engine life. Get new RPM motor oil at any independent Chevron gas station or standard station, where they say, and mean... We take better care of your car.
6: I, I'll never be able to get poor Mr. Geach and Dennis out of my nightmares.
3: You will, Elsa. Time is the greatest magician of all. Look at the changes it can make in all of us.
0: See you later. Bye, Elsa. Goodbye. I hope she never does forget what those two men did for her. I know she won't, and I'm glad.
3: (laughs) Brooksy, you're a dyed-in-the-wool sentimentalist. I bet you still have your first doll and your first dance program stashed away somewhere.
0: Yes, along with some other sentimental relics I've collected since I met you.
3: Oh? For instance?
0: Oh, for instance. A blackjack, an old faded poison pen letter, and one sawed-off shotgun. Uh,
3: touche, Angel, touche. (laughs)
4: Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard Oil Company of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West. Robert Bailey is starred as George with Virginia Gregg as Brooksy. Let George Do It was written by David Victor and Jackson Gillis and directed by Kenneth Webb. Ken Christie was heard as Lieutenant Johnson, Ted Osborne as Medford, Larry Dobkin as Plimmer, George Neese as Geach...
1: Welcome back. Well, I truly enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, I, I thought the, they did a good job with the story, but uh, this ha- featured a mu- uh, magician. And when you have a magician in a mystery, to me, that is just uh, so exciting and so mysterious already. And there are certain things uh, in Golden Age Entertainment in particular that can trigger me Have set my expectations for a good mystery. Another is if the story is set in the city of New Orleans, a very mysterious city in the golden age of radio. This one also uh, threw in some elements of uh, World War II, as we see George put together the solution to this case. Well, we turn out a listener comments and feedback, and uh, Jeffrey says, I just fin- finished reading... Uh, Mr. Winter's novel, The 20-Year Death, this is by Ariel S. Winter, a three-part book related to one another by a husband and wife, but otherwise freestanding novelettes. Part 1 is set in 1931, Part 2 in 1941, Part 3 in 1951, and each part is based upon a writer of the noir genre. Part 1 emulates Belgian-French writer George Simonson and his inspector, uh, Uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Margot uh, Mode. The second part reflects the style of Jim Thompson's After Dark, My Sweet, and part three uh, encompasses the writing style of Raymond Chandler, a remarkable work that is a must-read for any fan of classic radio detectives and film noir. Since reading this volume, I've been grabbing up works of Simonson and Thompson, especially discovered a work of Simonson, The Train, which chronicles uh in fl- the flight of a man f- a family and a young woman he meets after he's separated from wife and child following the German invasion of Holland during World War 2 a story of grief love reunification and returning home hope you have an opportunity to read the 20 year death well thanks so much for the recommendation jeffrey and i appreciate it i probably uh consume a lot more mystery fiction than the average person, probably more short mysteries than the longer form, um, and there's all, just so much out there uh, from the cozies, the comedies. Uh, I appreciate the advice and information, uh, any listener uh, recommendations. I'm not as much into some of the newer stuff that tends just to be um, a little more uh, gory, But uh, that definitely sounds like an interesting story, so I will keep that on my list of items. Thanks so much for sharing. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Sherlock Holmes. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Call us, 208-991-4783. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.